Hey, welcome to the Hump Podcast with Christian, Micah, and I'm Garrett. We are continuing our series, Church on Phonics, and we're not talking about church sounds. We're talking about basic church words that we might not break down too often and we might not really fully understand, but we hear a lot. Um, Today, we're talking about the word repent. We're talking about repentance, and you know, this is a word that we here all the time. We have Easter coming up right around the corner. We're in the middle of Lent. If you have, um, if your church or if you, you're participating in fasting and giving up something kind of in this um, process of repentance, and sometimes we often don't really understand the fullness of repentance. We don't mm-hmm. fully engage in the act of repentance. You know, we, we see repentance of just saying, I did wrong. I'm sorry. I won't, I'll do better next time. And in a simplified way, that is repentance, but today we're going to spend some time breaking it down a little bit more, and hopefully when we come out of this, you'll have a more full grasp on repentance and the role it plays in our spiritual formation and growth. So with that being said, uh, what do you all have to say about repentance? I say everybody should do it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say 10 out of 10, would recommend. We recommend repentance. <laughs> would, do, would do again. Yeah. Yes, big advocate. In fact... I, I recommend it so much. I practice it every day uh, because I mess up every day. <laughs> uh, I don't really know why that got me so good, but uh, your your initial response was like, "I would, I totally recommend it." Was was pretty good. I have to say. When you guys think the average, um, average churchgoer hears the word repentance, how old do you think? When they hear like, it for the first when they hear time, it for the first yeah, their, time? their first, you know, their first like recognizing of the word repentance. How old? Oh, five when they years first old. Recognize it. Yeah, five years old. Five. Are we saying when they understand it? Just kind of recognize the word, like okay. They, yeah, I'd say five years old in children's church. Somewhere. I was going to say that's I would what, say six or seven. That's what but, I was thinking. Children's church, you know, yeah. why everybody else is in big church, mm-hmm. except when I was teaching children's church, and it was like twelve. Because <laughs> yeah. now I'm just kidding. Yeah, Mike used to be a children's pastor. Yeah. He used to have it. Uh, he used to have the good life. Goldfish, dude, <laughs> that is true. We ate cereal like every week and smashed on some goldfish. I think I did gain weight as a children's minister because uh, of all this. The snackage. Have, have you either of you ever watched The Big Bang Theory? I have never seen never any have, show ever well, on TV. Oh, no, I've seen it. I don't like it. But. Really, it's Christian, one of my favorite shows. What you have to also understand about Christian is he doesn't have any friends. <laughs> so when you watch a TV show that has friends, it's kind of like bitter it, for him. It, it is it, because he's like, man, I never had that. And it hurts my soul. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I kind love of. The Big Bang Theory, and I've watched through it whenever came out i didn't see every single episode but now it's on hbo max and i've been watching i get hbo max for free through at&t oh y'all got awesome. that y'all that got awesome. that big money get no, HBO no, max. No, no. i just got an email you get one day from senior <laughs> minister role you yeah. get that oh my god was, HBO max was that too. included in your pay package <laughs> <laughs> i got an email from at&t that said congratulations we've given you free hbo max so yeah i got oh, wouldn't uh, that be funny though if you like get a new job and they're like going through your pay package and they're like you know, you have insurance and 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 HBO Max uh, subscription, and you're I'm like, sure what? Some jobs that have it. <laughs> well, anyway, the reason I brought that up, um, there's a character in there, Sheldon. He's like this. He's like this genius. Most annoying one. Yeah, on the show, but yeah. he's a genius that basically acts like a child. Again, Christian didn't have any friends, so it's kind of a soft spot for. Him. <laughs> Whenever they go on trips, his friends give him Cheerios to eat in the car. Oh my god, because that keeps him quiet, and that's what made me. I love Cheerios. That made me think of it. Heart healthy. Mm. Uh, Good cholesterol. Yeah, repentance. Uh, as Christian said, man, would recommend. Um, and you know, it happens daily, right? Um, yeah, I, I think what you said, Garrett. We're 
I think we'll probably uh, dive into some scripture, I hope, because uh, if not, we are... We missed it. We have not done our job on the podcast. Um, it, it is more than than just, oh, sorry, forgive me. I'll do my best not to do mm-hmm. it again. And I, I'm even uh, um, a, a person that has made the mistake of oversimplifying repentance when I teach it. Uh, I think part of that is me as a student minister, I sometimes... Um, not overlook, but I take for granted how smart students really are and how much they, they can learn and their capacity yeah. to learn. And we tend to just kind of oversimplify it for them, thinking like, oh, they won't get it, so like we'll just say it. Uh, and so I, that's partially uh, part of the problem. Um, but, it, but it is a super important topic that, you know, coming off the heels of talking about sin last week, and, uh, and that's kind of what we were talking about last week, was we talked about sin and, and how... Um, you look at scripture and it's, you know, for the wages of sin is death, but, and then I kind of left a cliffhanger and I was like, we'll talk about it next week. So here we are uh, talking about repentance. That's what we do in light of sin. So, you know, as a children's minister, Mikey, you can answer this. I think most kids, uh, I'm not qualified to make uh, that answer. You might not <laughs> to answer that anymore. <laughs> He's not an expert in this, but um, I think most kids, when you first teach them repentance, I think it's simple enough that they can understand it. Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. You know, I think about vacation Bible school, one of the greatest like evangelistic uh, events of all time. Except when I run it. Uh, except when Micah ran it. And, uh, <laughs> Which is why we hired Cheetos someone else, because they're like, Micah's terrible with this. We gotta. But yeah, I think about Vacation Bible School, and I think that's the word repent is in every Vacation Bible yeah. School. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not, it needs to be. And, you know, I think the kids, I always see them grasping repentance. Uh, and it's so simple enough that they can. But then I also see as we get older, you know, maybe when they get into youth and they're starting, their brains are developing more and they start to think, uh, you know, not as abstractly, but th- they're starting to think more. Um, maybe they start to be confused of what is true repentance. Mm. Well, I think part of that, too, I think you're right. And I would say I was going to say the exact same thing. You, we grasp it when we're gotcha. younger, but it becomes more complex as we get older. And I yeah. think the reason for that is because we lose our humility mm-hmm. um, when we're younger. Everything we do, we have to rely on someone else to do it. You know, you can't drive. You can't cook your own meals. Well, you can yeah. drive, but it's just not legal. <laughs> you, you'll end up driving into a pond or something. And every time I say yeah. something about driving, I've got like 14, 15-year-olds that are like, oh, I can drive my tractor. It's legal. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> all right, well, whatever. <laughs> anyway, when you're younger, you have to rely on everyone. And so you you inherently have this level of humility because you realize that, you're insignificant. You, you're 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 not self sufficient. But as you get older, you become more self sufficient. You lose your humility, mm-hmm. and pride starts taking over. And you mm-hmm. might make a mistake, but you don't want to recognize the mistake. You don't want to admit the mistake. And it's hard. When at night, it's impossible to repent if you don't admit that you've done something wrong. You d- he just said nigh. <laughs> what did he say? Nigh, like N I G H. Like I don't even know what that means. Like instead of saying like, well, he, you know, like. It's really hard. Nigh. Impossible. Nigh. Oh. Like, no, I never heard that. Nay. I caught it as soon as. I mean, he went, he went straight like 1800s, like old English there for a minute. We should I, start, caught, we should start I caught it as like soon that. as I said it. I knew you, you knew were going to make fun of me. Yeah, uh-huh. podcast. When, you, when all you do is read. King James Version. Dude, this when is why you, people subscribe. For me to make fun of you. That's why people listen. I read. I have to read all of these like old nah. theologians now. And so now I've noticed right, that I speak more and more like What I read is what I turn into. We got to start. We got to start working in nigh more often. Thouist. Uh, we got some. We'll start working in. Uh, also, I want to backtrack. We have a fir- we had a first year on the Hub podcast today. Garrett said 
Christian was right about something. So wow. So what? I've never said. I'm writing that down. No, earlier you said you're Christian. You're right, and you like went on and like continued. So I'm teasing. Do I not ever do that? No, I'm teasing Christian because he's never right. Oh, (laughs) Garrett just Garrett just assumes we're making fun of him. Like it just automatically assumes. Like I said, Christian, how many friends are? And Garrett was like, "Come on, man, don't be mean to me." Oh wait, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry. I'm I'm feeling a little off the walls today. Uh, It's been a weird day for me. So um, let's continue. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, I was just when we're filled with pride, it's it's nearly impossible for us to to repent because we don't want to admit the sin. Which brings us, you know, we were we, we for the first time ever, we kind of came up with an outline for the for a series we're doing um, for this church on phonics, and we said that today for repentance, we were going to talk, we were going to focus on on David and Bathsheba, um, and so. David, this sin of of David with Bathsheba, it's kind of one that if you're a Christian, you've probably heard preached on or a lesson on multiple times. And he's the perfect example for both what it looks like not to repent and what it looks like to do repentance. We're going to see, we're going to read through Psalm 51 here in a second, which is David's psalm of repentance, his prayer of repentance after the sin with David, or after the sin with Bathsheba. But we also see in the initial sin, David wasn't repentant. He was unwilling to see that he had done wrong. You know, um, and I'm I'm not going to, and we could read the text if we wanted, but I was just going to paraphrase uh, what happened with David and Bathsheba. David sent all of his um, commanders and soldiers off to war, and instead of being the king that led from the front, he led from the back, which was pr- um, problem numero uno, and he. Uh, <laughs> He got stuck at home and, and got lethargic, and sin often comes enters our lives when we aren't active in, in leadership, when we're not active in stepping out in the direction of God, and that's what happened with David. He saw a woman. The woman was married. He coveted, desired, lusted after the woman. He brought her into his, into his um, room, brought, him, brought her into his dwelling, had... Um, relations with her, Six. got her pregnant, brought her husband back from battle. Her husband was one of his commanders. He brought her back. Um, when he wouldn't be with his wife, then he sent him off back to war at the front line so that he would die. And then he married um, Bathsheba after he sent her husband to die. So it's just just like this, just this I mean, yeah, there's so many things in Scripture that you read, and you're like, as you're reading, your eyes get wider and wider and wider, and you're like, what in the world is going on? We're doing a study on Judges right now on Wednesday nights, and we just did Samson, where the Philistines burned um, his wife and his father alive, and it's just like mentioned as an afterthought, and like Philistines uh, did revenge against Samson by burning his father and wife alive. You're like, what in the world is going on? I did a series a few years ago with uh, my middle school and high school students which at the time i had a lot of younger ones uh so probably probably should have waited a year or two but you know it's all good i did a basically a series where it was like you know this the title was something like i bet you didn't know that was in the bible uh and we went through like you know samson and that kind of stuff and some of the judges and you know jail with a tent peg and some (laughs) stuff like that mordecai eglon Uh, with the the fat yeah we went through eglon we did that mordecai and uh in Esther, hmm. with the being impaled yeah. uh, slowly hmm. to his death. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot that point, goes on. There's in a scripture. lot that yeah. you're just like, 
And so, Whoa. you know, we look at David and we know he wrote all these Psalms. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a faithful leader. He was the pinnacle of kingship within Israel. And yet, I mean, he lusted after a woman. He committed adultery with the woman. He tried to be deceitful with the woman's husband. He then mm. murdered the woman's husband. He then married the woman. And, and like during this entire thing, in his mind, we can pretty well see that he didn't realize, he might have known subliminally that he was doing wrong, but he didn't admit it until the prophet Nathan, um, who was a, a leader and, and um, kind of a spiritual guide to David, comes to David and gives him this parable about someone that stole um, land, uh, land stock, or land stock, um, Livestock, livestock, livestock. <laughs> from another man, and and then would landstock be? Uh, how, how, I mean, what would landstock hey. be? Hey, yeah, yeah, hey and wheat, <laughs> hey and landstock, landstock, <laughs> grass. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, keep going. Sorry. So this in, in this parable, a guy stole livestock from someone else, even though he had a lot, and this other guy had little, and he stole all this other guy had, and then let him off to die, basically. And David was indignant. He was angry. He said, this man deserves to die. Um, he deserves to be punished. And Nathan looked at David and said, yeah, you're the guy. And David's face dropped, and he realized his sin then. But up until that point, what's interesting, David wasn't aware of it. Trying to cover it up. Now, think about it from this perspective. David is the most powerful man in all of Israel. If anyone deserves to have some level of pride, it's David. And, you know... David was a humble king, but even the most humblest of kings still have pride within them. He was going to refuse to believe that he was living in sin because especially in this time and time period, if you were a king, your subjects in Mesopotamia, they belonged to you. They were essentially your servants. So in, in David's mind, in the mind of other nations around him, David could essentially do no wrong. Everything was his. So he could take it and it'd be his. Now in the eyes of God, that's not true. And so any anybody in Israel who had the power to claim that they could do no wrong was David, and he was filled with that sort of pride. And today, we see that with ourselves, as you mentioned, when we get older, the older we get, the more prideful we become and the more unwilling we are to accept that we've sinned. And until we accept that we've sinned, until we can look at our filth, we aren't going to be able to fully repent. Mm. Um, you have to recognize our yeah. sin first, yeah. And so David finally realized through Nathan that he had sinned, and then that's when we get to <clears throat> Psalm 51. Um, and that is a good point. I mean, the first part of repentance is you have to recognize yeah. your sinner. It's the same. So there's repentance for unbelievers. Uh, when they come and put their trust in Jesus Christ, you have to realize that, man, I am a messed up mm. human being. I am a messed up sinner. But there's also... There is the repentance of a believer that, hey, believers, we're not going to be perfect, but we still have to repent. Yeah. Uh, God still calls us to repentance and still calls us to confess our sins. So, that yeah, that's the, that's the first step is, is we have to recognize. Mm. Uh, it took David a while, and, yeah. and maybe part of this, this is kind of going off a little bit, but in the Old Testament, David didn't have the Holy Spirit, um, the gift of the Holy Spirit like we do now. Uh, and, mm. and, you know, when, when Christ came, he gave us the gift of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. Uh, and as Christians, you guys can probably say the same thing, is that, hey, when I sin, I feel yeah. horrible because uh, I feel the Holy Spirit convicted me. David didn't have that same gift. Uh, he had to have somebody pointed out to him. I, I would say, too, though, 
David recognized the need for something to point out his sin. Um, and mm-hmm. whether or not it was before this or after this, David wrote Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 139 is is a beautiful representation of what it means to seek the Spirit's guidance, to be aware. Um, so in Psalm 139, it's this psalm that talks about um, God's power, God's strength, God is all-knowing, He's ever-present. Everything that happens in the course of history is in the hands of God. Um, it, it starts from this ma- macro perspective of God is in charge of all things, and it works its way down into the micro. And so it starts by saying, you know, you, you know all things, you're omniscient, you're all-knowing, you've created all things, and then it works its way down to Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, where David then, after saying how great God is, he says, God, search me, know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is an offensive way in me. Lead me in the way after everlasting. And so David recounts God's strength in this psalm. He recounts God's goodness. He recounts God's omniscience, his omnipresence. And then he goes on to say, God, I'm incapable of looking in my heart and seeing my filth myself. So you search me and you tell me yeah. what's going on. Like you said, he's asking for the Spirit to do what we have. Yeah. But unless we also pray, God, search me. God, yeah. see my filth, see my sin, point it out to me so I can repent from it, we're going to be in the same boat as David where we're going to kind of pass over it. I think you notice, too, a lot, the older and the more mature you get in your faith, one of the things that will happen is, you know, once you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a while, and you've been walking with the Lord, you're going to notice pretty much all the noticeable sins. Uh, but that prayer that Garrett just said to, to search me, oh God, uh, sometimes there's sin that, you know, I think the longer I've been a Christian, the more I realize things I do are not right. And even the littlest things. And, and that, that's good to, to recognize those. But there's some things that, uh, you know, the more we grow and mature, we have to ask God to search the deep depths of our heart. And to even see where they're coming from. Yeah. Like what, what coming are, from pride. Or, yeah. 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 What, what are the issues? What are my background? What are my deep pains? What are my deep wounds that then cause me to have this addiction? That yep. caused me to have this constant temptation. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, search me, God, show me those things so I can repent and turn from them. Yeah. Um, that's that's a really so powerful that's, song. That's the first step. And especially if you're listening to this and you are a Christian, uh, man, practice that prayer in Psalms 139 to search, ask God to search the depths of your heart because there might be sins in your life that you might not even mm-hmm. recognize and that people not, might not be able to see yet either um, because they're so deep down and hidden. Uh, ask him to reveal those and bring them to that the That prayer uh, is actually called the prayer of intentions. Um, it combines Psalm 139 with, um, so you wake up in the morning, and the first thing you're supposed to do in the prayer of intentions and say, God, I want to rely on you today. And so you submit your life to God. And then after that, you say, God, search my heart. See what struggles that I have. See what struggles that I'm constantly grappling with. And then you say, God, help me repent from these things, turn away from these things. And then you close by saying, no, God, as I go about this day, lead me in your way. Mm -hmm. It's a four-step prayer. It's supposed to take three minutes. But when you start your day every day with that prayer of, God, I trust in you. God, search in me and see what's going on in my heart. God, pull me away from those things. God, lead me in your way. Man, that's one heck of a way to start out your day, drawing near to God. Um, and in order to repent, before we even define the sin, we have to know the sin. We have to seek, have God search within ourselves and know what's there in the first place. Yeah. Mm. It's good stuff. 
It's good stuff. Is it good, Mike? Yeah, something I thought about uh, earlier, um, and I interrupted you with a nigh comment, so I don't want to interrupt again. Um, you, you said you talked about like as children, we we recognize our reliance on adults and parents and grandparents and whoever else around us. And as we get older, we start to become more independent. You know, get your license, that kind of thing, and uh, I think our often pride takes place of where humility was. Uh, and I think that's a good description of, uh, of why, you know, I, we've, I've taught this with students and stuff and the answers always seem to be hesitant or take a long time, but asking the question of why does, uh, Jesus, why does scripture tell us to have faith like a child? Why does, why does it tell us to have a childlike faith? And I think that's a big piece of it is, is like you're saying is children recognize their reliance on adults or people. Um, and as we get older, we start to, you know, for instance, when we had the, the ice storm and a few weeks ago, I just kept thinking, man, if our power goes out, I'm the guy, like I've got to figure out what to do. We start to, you know, there are parts as adults that we are in control of those things. If something goes out in our house, we have to make the call and figure out how to fix it. Um, but we start to also feel that way about everything. You know, yeah. I'm in charge of my life. I could I do what I want. My decisions, I pay the responsibility or I pay the, the consequences for bad decisions, whatever. Um, but yet we have to also recognize, like you're saying with that prayer of intentions every day, we need to submit our lives to Christ and say, we're not really in control. Um, we may make decisions, but we're not ultimately in control of, uh, of everything or, or really anything in our own lives that we are still reliant on God. And scripture says his mercies are new every day. And so, um, as we are rely on God and dependent and recognize that dependence, he carries us. Um, and I think that true repentance like we've been talking about um that uh there's an article that garrett sent to us earlier and i just kind of read the first uh, read near the end of it it quotes a guy and basically says the the sweetness of god like god does not become fully sweet until sin becomes fully bitter Mm -hmm. and so until we recognize the bitterness of sin and we grow that that like David's response to the the allegory or this I don't know if I use that word right but the story that terrible Na- yeah that Nathan uh, uh, that he told to him his response was that anger of like that man needs to be killed for what he he did until we have that response to sin as far as that anger that angry reaction and that bitterness we're not going to recognize the sweetness of Christ the sweetness of God and 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 the ultimate mercy and and grace that he gives us until we recognize mm. the damage that sin can do. Yeah. That's a that's a really powerful realization. Um, so we see... Um, what's and the first for crediting purposes, it was Pastor Thomas Watson. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy so, Watson. So the first step, you know, I would say is to ask God to search us, sh- show us what the sin, what is in our hearts. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to come to terms with it. You know, it's not enough just to say, God, search me and show me that sin. Once that sin bubbles up, you can't just then grab it and push it back down. You've got to hold on to it, grasp onto it, look it in the face, look it in the eyes. Um, and, and so we mentioned this Psalm 51, the psalm, the prayer that David wrote in response to Bathsheba. And at the very beginning of it, verse, first three verses, David says, Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. So we see... From the get-go, from from the gates, David is appealing to God's mercy. You know, God, I need your mercy. I need your love. I need your grace. And here's why. Blot out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt. Cleanse me from my sin. 
because I'm conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before me. God, you, or David uses three words to define his rebellion against God. He says it's rebellion, it, I'm guilty, and, and I'm sinful. And then he says, I'm conscious of these things. So firstly, you know, we have to appeal to God's mercy. We have to say, God, I know you're merciful. I know you're, you're loving. And God, I know my sin. David recognizes in three ways. He says, I'm conscious of it. I've rebelled against you. I'm guilty of what I've done. I have sinned and moved away from, from you. Um, and so we need to first appeal to God's mercy. But then we also need to recognize, hold our sin, look it in the face. Don't just say, God, I know you're merciful, and then shove the sin away. Now, hold, say in one breath, God, you're merciful, and in the other breath, God, here's my sin. I recognize it. I admit it. I'm I'm bringing it before you. And that's a hard step is to, (laughs) I think it's a hard step to admit that sin. You know, like if you're struggling with something, one, your pride gets in the way. Mm. Uh, and, you know, even as for us, like all of us in here are ministers, it's hard to, I think ministers deal with pride of, man, I can't admit my sin because I'm supposed oh, to be yeah. living right. And I, I found that in my life is like, oh, shoot, Christian, you need to humble yourself knowing that, hey, you too are a sinner uh, and admit that even even though, even though uh, I'm a youth pastor, even though that uh, I am trying my best to follow God, I'm still going to mess up and having mm. the... Uh, humbleness to admit your own sin. Uh, it's a hard thing, but it's where it has to start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, Garrett's really the only minister. Me and you are like... True, yeah, we're, we're half ministers. Yeah, we're, we're like 60%, we're, you we're know. Full-time, part-time, you know? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I spent like an hour yesterday throwing peeps at a bullseye. So like, I mean, am I really a minister? You know, like you think about that. And it, you I know. played pickleball yesterday, so... Yeah, well, that's, was that def- ministry? I mean, that's way worse than Pete Bullseye. <laughs> at least mine was for Wednesday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we threw peeps at a bullseye. Uh, that sounds actually really fun. It was actually really fun. Um, and it was really funny because... It's about all peeps are good for, so... Yeah, what? you dang right. Peeps are... <laughs> you don't like peeps? I'm not wasting calories on peeps. Peeps low-key <laughs> peeps low key would be the last candy, candy I would choose out of a whole store. I mean, they're oh, not yeah. great. I think the reason I like them I mean, so it's much is because... Yeah, but With a ton my of grandfather, every Easter, would give me a package of peeps. Oh, and I always look forward so to So you're emotionally it. So connected. Yeah, yeah you're emotionally... Yeah, yeah. So you're we don't have an emotional connection. <laughs> yeah. uh, my only emotional connection is... No, I don't have one. Uh, they're <laughs> not good. Um, but yeah, so we threw peeps at a bullseye, and it was really funny because you get the baseball players up there, and they're and like, they, leaning you know, back they're like, ah, I got this. And then it sticks to their hand and it just like flies straight at the ground. <laughs> like it goes nowhere where they're aiming. So it's actually quite fun. Uh, this is the start of our Easter Olympics yeah. 2021. So, <laughs> did uh, you get anyway. points for hitting the bullseye? Yeah, that we had, yeah, we had five, four, three, two, one. Well, what, what if you, what if you missed the bullseye? You got zero because you're a failure. So. so you, if you missed the mark, you got zero. You know, yeah. it kind of reminds me, uh, <laughs> when you missed the mark, what is it called? <laughs> Sin. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Wow. What wow. A I was working wow. on that segue. You know, you so. know I'm, I'm seriously considering cutting that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes good. Our, our next point. I'm just kidding. You know, we're, we're thinking, uh, as we're looking at Psalms 51. Admitting that you've missed the mark. We've had oh, to, yeah, we gosh. have to admit that we missed the mark. Like, uh, like I think mi- that's like throwing a peep at a wall. Like throwing a peep at a wall. And admitting that Thanks for bringing that up. I knew that's where you are going to go. I set that up for you. Here, here's your softball toss. That was the Holy Spirit bringing about peeps yeah. so that we could relate it. Here's to your slow-pitch softball <laughs> toss. Here you go. Smash it, Christian. There you go. This And this is the part, um, this defensiveness and not being willing to admit our sin is often kind of 
the the most difficult thing. Um, think about how many times like you've made a mistake, and you'll say, um, "So I messed up, but here's why." Oh yeah, like like, like you I'm make big, that excuse. I'm a for big it. user. Yeah. Of like that it's, one. it's not totally my fault. Yeah, Some, yeah. There's this, a they did it first. This caused yeah. me to mess yeah. up. Um, that car put out in front of me, so I had to yeah. kiss him out <laughs> and give and yeah, get out of the car <laughs> and go punch their window. Yeah, <laughs> grand theft <laughs> and steal the car. Yeah. Anyway, that was way so, too far. So <laughs> it's, so in Psalm 51, David continues on. He says, you know, I've sinned. He gives a threefold wording of how badly he sinned. He's connected to the mercy of God. And then he goes on to say, God, you're in the right. I'm completely in the wrong. He says in verse 4, against you, against you alone I have sinned. I've done this evil in your sight. You are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Now think about the level of humility you have to say, you have to have in order to say, God, I've sinned. I'm completely wrong. I, I, I am completely worthless. Only you are righteous. You have the full right to do whatever you want to me. Now, that takes a level of humility. And, and you know, it's interesting. I always think about this. When you look at this story, like David and Bathsheba, you're like, oh, yeah, you did wrong, you big dummy. Like, look what you did. And it's so easy to especially look back at scriptural examples and just be like, man, I could have told you you're wrong, David. I mean, what? But then in our life... We do the same exact thing, and it's so hard to recognize it. I think it's. I think pride's a big piece of it. You know, you think about what Jesus said. He said, "Man, if you even look upon a woman with lust, you've committed adultery." You, we, we blame David for. Oh, he looked upon a woman. How many times have uh, we messed up? Even just if you're searching on social media or even just out in public, like we still have that same problem David has. Yeah. As. Uh, and it's easier now than ever. It for is for us to fall into that sin. It is. Well, um, David at least had to climb upstairs <laughs> to his <laughs> rooftop. <laughs> you know, we don't have to do that. We can, and, and he didn't even have binoculars. He didn't have <laughs> so binoculars. Like, I mean, you know, I'm a man. <laughs> but but the, the key point, too, is seeing that David's sin, he recognized it as we're looking in Psalms 51, verse 4, that it was against, he says, God, it's against you and you only I've mm. sinned. And we have to think about our sin. We were talking about this with our youth last week is that, you know, even the smallest of sins is still a sin. It's a rebellion against God. It's a rebellion goodness. against God. It's a it's rejection of God. You know, missing missing the bullseye. It's missing the mark. You know, we it's talked about the that. Peep into the floor. <laughs> we talked. That was in our last podcast. You know, we talked about sin itself. We have to realize our sin is against a holy, perfect, and awesome God. And Who created David was, us to be different. Exactly. And David finally is able to realize that in Psalms fifty-one. Um, but I think that. That helps us in our repentance is that, oh, shoot, I need to repent. Why? Because I just sinned against the holy God. I sinned mm-hmm. against God himself. I, it, yes, our sin hurts people. You know, like uh, if I cuss Mike out, it might hurt his feelings. Yeah, But ultimately, right. I'm sinning against God. Well, David's sin definitely hurt Uriah. It did. Yeah, I mean, the it dude died. Uriah. That's what Think I'm saying. It. Like it clearly hurt him. It hurt Uriah. It hurt Bathsheba. Bathsheba. In fact, they also, lost their child. They yeah. lost their, their – there's wages it, for sin. It hurt his commanding – power because yep. people probably looked to him and said well i don't want to fight for someone that kills his commander and doesn't wasn't by the way he wasn't supposed to be at home no he yeah, was supposed yeah. to be at war mm-hmm. so, yeah. so and then a- after we admit our sin and we come and say god you are blameless and right you you have every right to judge me you know then we go back and we remember but god you're also the god of mercy and it says that david then came and said Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. 
So he says, God, I've wronged you. You have every right to judge me, but you are also a God of mercy and you can heal me. So God, I'm asking you, purify me, cleanse me, wash me. And then he says in verse eight, let me hear your joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. So he's saying, not God, not only I've wronged you and you have the right to judge me, but you also are merciful and you have the ability to completely heal me. And when you do heal me, I know you will rejoice. And I know I will rejoice in you. And so those are the next two steps as we admit that God has the right to fully judge us. But we also admit that in his mercy, he desires to cleanse us. And out of that cleansing, he wants to rejoice alongside of us in our newness. Um, And as Christians, we know that that comes through Christ. We knew that we're washed whiter than snow because of the blood of Christ, not because of hyssop. Um, and we know that we rejoice because not because, because our bones have been restored. Our metaphorical spirits have been renewed. Um, and so we have this opportunity to just to, to draw near to God through the blood of Christ. Um, after this, that's what repentance is right there. Um, in its simplified form. It's recognizing we have sinned, admitting that sin, admitting that God has the right to judge us, but then also recognizing that God's the God of mercy and desires to heal and restore us. And then out of that restoration, we have to also recognize that we're renewed and rejoice in that renewal. Um, And that's what David then goes on to do. Yeah, Let um, let me read a quote by Spurgeon real quick on that. Kind of it, mm-hmm. it um, summarizes everything we've just said. And uh, Spurgeon said this. He said, Repentance is a discovery of the evil sin, a mourning that we have committed. It is a resolution to forsake it. It is, in fact, a change of mind of a very deep and practical character, which makes the man love what he once hated and hate what he once loved. And we look at repentance, it's that, you know, my mind has now been changed. I am turning away from my sin. The things that I once loved, guess what I now hate? For for David, that would have been the the lust and the adultery that I once loved in that moment with Bathsheba. Guess what? I now hate it. Um, The things in your life you can think about as a listener, the things that uh, you once loved, maybe before you come to Christ, or maybe maybe even as a Christian you're struggling with, repentance is, hey, those things you once loved, those sins in your life, hey, you now hate those. Why? Because you've changed your mind uh, and you have turned to the things of God. Yep. And then out of that turning, we rejoice in Him. Um, and that's what David did in verses 12 through 15. He says, Restore the joy of your salvation to me. Sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. And then I'll teach the rebellious your ways, and sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. So David's saying, you've restored me. I didn't deserve the restoration. You had every every right to judge me, but in your mercy, you've restored me. And now I'm going to take my life. I'm going to take what I've learned. I'm going to rejoice in your mercy, and I'm going to use my life as a testimony to proclaim your truth. And so repentance doesn't just stop with forgiveness. It continues on past it as we continue to obey God and and move past our sin and then live in his presence, rejoice in his mercies, and then proclaim what he's given to us so that others can learn um, from our life as, as well. And that's an important part of repentance. 
Mm. Repentance. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. <laughs> every time, every day. Every time. Uh, <clears throat> well, well, never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, Psalm 51 is a great, uh, great passage to look at as a, as a great example of repentance from David, who uh, <clears throat> was clearly brokenhearted uh, mm-hmm. as to what, when he recognized his sin and, and was, uh, you know, informed of it in a uh, pretty uh, blunt way. Then yeah. <laughs> is like, you did that. <laughs> it's you, like, you did it, boy. Drop the mic. Um, yeah, so I think um, we're working through repentance, and um, much like the Lord's Prayer is a great outline uh, for prayer, uh, Psalm 51 is a great outline for what repentance looks like, and uh, uh, so many examples, and in, in, obviously in Scripture, of repentance, and uh, people, when they recognize sin, it's a common theme when they recognize their sin, they're mm-hmm. brokenhearted, and, and in a sense, they hit that reset button and realize that it's often when we uh, push further and further from God or we remove ourselves from His His nature and His glory and His Spirit that we um, it takes us a long time to recognize our sin uh, until we're reminded and then we um, grow back closer towards Him. Uh, so, And if you want to learn more about repentance, you can look at uh, the outline we used today. Garrett found an article on thegospelcoalition.org. Uh, thegospelcoalition.org. Once you're on there, you can look up Eight Steps for Real Repentance from Psalms 51. Uh, A nice woman of God named Catherine Parks wrote this article, and we've been using that for our outline today. Uh, We thank Catherine for that, Um, but that is on thegospelcoalition.org. You can look that up uh, and read more into kind of what we've been talking about, uh, looking at repentance from Psalms 51. Yeah. Any good ho-ho moments for the day? Yeah, peeps, stick, to, um, <laughs> like, uh, what's that foam board? Velcro. Uh, well, well, oh. I mean, they would stick to Velcro, I guess. If you, they stick to foam board. You rip a peep in half, and the marshmallow will stick. So you, oh, can really? so you have to rip it in half. Well, do you have or, to wet it at all? Huh? It just sticks. No, nah, marshmallow. I mean, it's like gooey marshmallow. So like, you can some basically. I mean, a peep is wrapped in is like covered in sugar. So if you just remove the sugar somehow, some of them were like rolling them in their hands to like kind of just get the sugar off, yeah. and it would stick. So how the messy form, were your students after that? Huh? How messy were your students? It's it is pretty gross in their hands, and my hands were nasty from like picking them up and like handing them back. A uh, little water does the trick though. Um, but the best form, if you're if you're looking to have your own Easter Olympics at home, um, I found is getting as much of the body as you can, but throwing with the head, because the trick is you want a totally sugar covered location to hold oh, because yeah. if you hold marshmallows stick to your hand and you'll lose hmm. so you, my my best recommendation is is to from an expert yeah hold hold the head of the peep itself and cut it in half you know and, and then get the most marshmallow exposed yeah. so it will stick and if you get um board thrown peeps just be, at a wall uh put ooh. them in the microwave they also do st- yeah <laughs> well <laughs> Peeps love microwaves. Yes, they do. Also, oh, dude, that's another one. There's another game. We probably won't do this one because there's no interaction. One of those was peep jousting, and wow. so you stick a little toothpick like in the wing, and you put them in the microwave together, and whichever one touches the oh. other one with the toothpick first wins. That is awesome because they just expand. You can just have them vote on it in the crowd. When I was in, true, we might I, do that. It'd be fun. When I was in college, I was I uh, helped out at a youth camp at my home church, um, and. I was just kind of like a volunteer leader, and I stayed the night there to watch the students while they, 
you know, so they didn't go crazy at night. <laughs> I was the one that made them go crazy. Say, you made it worse, I think. <laughs> we, we had these old toilets that had wheels on them. They used to do, like, toilet bowl <laughs> racing. Awesome. It, was, it was really cool. But what we did is we took tables and made like a tunnel of the tables and then got broomsticks and put pillows on the end of them and we joust that is awesome <laughs> imagine if the pillow falls off that probably wasn't the best idea in the world nah. it was fun we're not looking for the no best ideas hurt. we're just looking for good ideas <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to work i just you just have to do it <laughs> no i don't have any hunts other than the fact that peeps do stick to walls and it's possible possible to put a toilet on wheels it is and yeah <laughs> This is true. I think you can. Here's your <laughs> Hey, grab you an old sticky, toilet. Sticky Dude, Christian, you just sold a toilet toilets. like two weeks ago. Bro, we are you? We should have put wheels on yours. I didn't bro. sell just one toilet. I sold two toilets. Bro, we could have had jousting. You, you can't. Yeah, you don't realize. I didn't realize they would sell on Facebook, but anything sells. Dude, we've got a pretty good hill in my Facebook. neighborhood. We could have raced toilets. Hey, next time. Lit. Next house we redo, we got you. All right. <laughs> Big fan. In, in 20 years <laughs> yeah so yeah repentance good stuff um it's important um very important and start by asking god to reveal the sins um that are deep in your heart and the source of those sins uh, and uh repent from them but micah what if somebody's listening today and and they say i don't have any sin to repent from what, what would you say <sighs> Do you, well <laughs> Depends on who that person. Is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if it was you, I would have I would have several things to say. Now, now we're all sinners. Uh, scripture says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, and whether you recognize the sin you have or not, um, we 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 are sinful humans, um, and we carry sin around with us. Uh, it's a burden. Yeah, you have something to say. Yeah, I'll finish with this. First John. Uh, chapter 1 verse 8 it says if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us yeah and then verse 9 but if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins mm. and cleanse he? us from all unrighteousness who's he i think it's this guy named jesus love it been there seen it <laughs> um yeah yeah that's a it's a better way to put it than what i said so well done you could have just answered it yourself but um scripture is yeah. always right yeah that's what, what i was trying to tell people yeah, yeah. what christian said um <laughs> anyway christian why don't you pray us out for that man <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll pray god we uh um we just come to you today and we just uh ask you to search our hearts uh to show us uh, in the deep depths of our hearts god where our um sins that we might be hiding god sins that uh, we're struggling with, but we don't recognize God. Show us those uh, and help us to repent of those sins. Uh, and we need your help in this, God. Take away any pride. Uh, and God, help us just to turn to you. And God, we just uh, ask for anybody listening uh, to this podcast that if they are struggling with a sin right now, uh, that you would help them and lead them and guide them into a life of repentance, uh, that they would turn to you maybe for the very first time, um, or if they are a Christian guy, uh, just know that your forgiveness is always offered and that they can repent at any time. Uh, and Jesus, we love you so much. Amen. <laughs>